Your calling is church technical ministry. Your commandment is to love God and love people. Your commission is to make the name of Jesus known in every nation. Church production leaders, you know how to make the right technical connections, but are you connecting your team to Jesus? Welcome to Purpose Driven Production, a podcast for church production leaders and teams that want to walk in a spiritually driven community. I'm your host, Drew Hester, and I believe in church production teams that are driven by God's word and postured for technical growth and spiritual discipleship. On today's episode of the podcast, I'd like to welcome Justin Kinsel. Justin is currently serving as the worship pastor at Grace Church in Minnesota. He also writes songs and leads worship with the New City Collective. Let's take a listen to the episode with Justin. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast where I like to talk about things that matter to worship leaders, creative leaders, and production managers at churches, um, and just asking hard questions, um, doing life on life and learning with other guys in the ministry. And so today I've invited on Justin Kinsel from Grace Church to join me. Welcome, Justin. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, you were the worship leader at Liberty University when I began as a student back in 2013. And you've been able to go through some transitions and now you're the worship pastor, right, at Grace Church. Yeah, that's right. Grace Church in uh, Eden Prairie, Minnesota. I never thought I would uh, live here (laughs) in Minnesota, Uh, but here we are and uh, we're loving it. It's just a, it's a, it's a great church um, and it's really a great town too. It's cold, but it's great. So maybe just kind of briefly describe like all the different things that fall under you at Grace Church. So I'm the, my, my technical uh, title is Senior Director of Worship and Production. So um, I'm over all things worship and production here at Grace Church. And we have um, our main location, which our, our auditorium seats 4,200. That's kind of our main service and it's a modern service. Uh, and then we have a chapel service, which is like a traditional uh, service for people. And then uh, we have a second campus in a town called Chaska here pretty close. And so uh, when it comes to worship and production for all of those things and events and concerts and uh, Sundays and all that good stuff. That's, uh, that's my, uh, that's what I'm in charge of. So that's awesome. Uh, so what's like, what's been going on in your church recently? What's been going on in your family? How's God been moving in your life recently? So for us, like, first of all, the family stuff is just awesome. Uh, I'm married to a, a, a beautiful woman named Ashley and she's also a worship leader. So we get to lead worship every single Sunday and we met at Liberty. She was on um, a team called Sounds of Liberty back in the day. And uh, she's one of the best singers I know. And she, uh, (laughs) I just learned from her constantly pretty much. Uh, And she's a great mother too. So we have four kids and she homeschools them. So she's kind of a super mom. And then our kids are just a huge blessing and uh, a blast. And uh, just being a dad is awesome and frustrating and challenging and joyful and you know all that stuff all at the same time so uh family stuff is just great and um yeah as far as the church goes you know 2020 was a was a was crazy in fact i came my first weekend at grace was the second week of the shutdown so uh, you know we went through the whole interview process like january february you know they offered me the job we decided to take it my first weekend was going to be march 21st and so, uh, or 22nd, something like that. And that was the second week of the shutdown. So I get here and I'm, you know, it's a, it's a 4,200 
seat auditorium uh and it's just right. me looking through a camera you know we've got a band but there's nobody there and i'm just kind of like playing the guitar going hey i'm the new guy you know <laughs> wow <laughs> so, i mean that's uh, it a, was a really interesting that's, start that's amazing and it's just a testament to the lord right like all these other churches were dealing with, okay, how do we go online like this in yeah. one week? But you were having to deal with that and reaching a, like a whole new group of people that you've never totally. really interacted with. So that must've been really challenging. Well, and it's, so it's been just over two years and uh, you know, I'm still meeting people for the first time. Uh, and it's been really great though, because this church is just, uh, there's a lot of really seasoned, mature, um, flavorful believers here. And uh, so they've just welcomed us in, and it's just been one of the best uh, church situations I've ever been a part of. And so it really is like a family already. Um, but for us, like the big thing now is we went from, you know, shutdown to like pre-recording and, uh, you know, playing it back live. Like we would record three weeks at a time, and then right. we would play those uh, in the correct weeks. And then, you know, we came back up in May, like we actually opened our doors and um, it was, it was awesome. People started to trickle back. And then, uh, this last Easter, um, we had the highest attendance, like the highest attendance our church has ever seen in the history of wow. the church. So, uh, it's kind of cool. Like the Lord's doing a lot of stuff, even in spite of, you know, a shutdown and sort of a reboot and all those things, new worship pastor, all that kind of stuff that the Lord is blessing the church. It's a really cool ways. So it's a, yeah, it's a that... good season. That's awesome, man. That's really cool to hear. So the like the goal of the the whole podcast thing that I've been doing has just been to to like hear stories like that, to hear like, you know, the laborers out in the field, what's going on. Um, like I think a lot of us in this industry, this world, this culture of um church production, church worship leaders, like there's a lot of head knowledge out there, but um I just wanna like be a part of the rubbing shoulders, the just getting to know what's actually happening and um, just recording it for other people to hear. Like I'm, I'm younger, like I don't have a ton of experience. So like the idea is just to like, Hey, here's what other people are doing. And you know, maybe you could learn something from that. So thanks for being on today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Something that I've been like processing through and just thinking through um, regarding uh, what's going on in the church right now is just the process of developing a culture of worship for your congregation. Yeah. And so it looks different for a lot of churches, right? There's, there's so many different ways that can be interpreted, but at the end of the day, the goal is to like preach the gospel, live it out and worship God. Like he's worthy of worship. And so whether it's yeah. through music or through the reading of scripture or through being a dad, like that is all yeah. worship. And so as a worship leader, right. I feel like sometimes we can get caught up in just the musical side of things, but really like as a worship pastor, your role is, is so much more than that is to teach and influence like living that out at home. And so I think most of my questions for you today will be from that like mindset, if that's all right. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sweet. Well, let's jump into some, some questions that I've kind of written down and like, if we need to rabbit trail, that's totally cool, but. Okay. Um, so culture influences are all around us, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, the news, TV, like you name it. Like there's so many different avenues now with like technology that we just receive information about what's going on in culture. So now more than ever, why should church leaders be mindful of teaching a culture of worship in our congregations? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like there's there's all these influences and we only have people in church 
you know, maybe one hour a week. And like right now, I guess like a regular attender of church, somebody attends like, like once every four weeks, you know, so like once a month essentially is like a reg is considered a regular attender today. Um, so, you know, people are out in the world, 168 hours, we have them for one of those, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so there's all these competing, conflicting messages out there. Every, every show that you watch, every commercial that comes on, um, everything you're scrolling in, it's all preaching something. You know, we just don't necessarily know what it is or agree with what it is. And, and most of the time, it's very counter to what the Bible has to say. But I was reminded of uh, Ephesians 5. Uh, which starting in verse 15 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit, addressing one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So I, I think of that verse sort of as, um, you know, kind of the, the, the foundation of worship ministry. Like, be careful, be wise, be discerning, the days are evil, and encourage each other uh, with truth, you know, through song. Uh, and so that's really what songs through, you know, worship through music does. I mean, that's really the ministry of music in the church is that it codifies truth so it like packages truth from the bible that we can retain and remember and it can you know kind of embed into our hearts uh, it unifies the body because there's nothing more beautiful than uh, you know the saints gather together under one purpose and in one voice singing to god and then the third thing is that it glorifies god uh, when we do those things in spirit and in truth so that's really kind of the foundation for um for me, at least, when it comes to worship ministry, is it's all based around uh, the word and and truth and um, being mindful of what's out there and battling it with praise. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like when you think about like the the context of a week, right? If you're at home and you're not in the word and you're not being influenced and discipled by the word and through other people in small groups or whatever that looks like for you, Bible study you can't really expect to walk into church on Sunday morning and like be ready to worship God. Like it's not right. a switch that we flip on and off. And I think in the American culture, especially that's how we treat church. We just, we want to walk in, we want to turn on the lights and then we want to walk out and turn it off. And so that's, that's a good point. I mean, and it's really true. Like people do, I think, unfortunately to our detriment treat church, like it's when we recharge the battery. You know, like church is sort of that time where we plug back in and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember now. This is all true. Good. And then we sort of refresh ourselves. And I think it can be used for that. Um, but hopefully coming to church and worshiping God is just an overflow of what's going on in our lives. You know, like the other verse that sort of comes to mind with that is, is Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2, which says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Uh, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is evil, uh, or that you, by testing you may discern the will of God and what is good and what is acceptable and perfect. So the idea that like our, our actual 
act of worship is not just coming to church. It's not just checking a box. It's not just singing these songs and then going away and living our lives however we want. Um, it truly is presenting our bodies like, as a living sacrifice for him uh, in obedience. Right. And like you kind of mentioned, like there's there's almost two parts of that. There's like we are worshiping the Lord, but we also come to church to admonish one another in song, to be encouragement right. to someone else. And so, you That's know, right. our worship is selfless. It has to be selfless. It's for God's glory and it's to help point other people back to him. And so, yeah, I, I would love to be a part of that culture shift. Right. But like at the end of the day, it's like the people with the boots on the ground, the worship pastors, the tech directors um, that has to start with them and their volunteers and the guys on stage and then overflow into the congregation. We can't just expect people to come to this conclusion on their own, at least from no, my point right. of view. No, I, no, you're right. And and that's, what's hard too, is that, you know, you're ministering to a, a large group of people, even a small group of people, any group of people, you're going to have people that are in different um, places in their walk. And so you're going to have some really baby Christians that are just trying to get on board with this and they don't really know and in some ways brand new christians might look just like lost people in some ways you know and they're just trying to figure this out uh then you might have some really seasoned believers that like they're in the word and they've like flexed that muscle of of praying every day and like you know like they're being sanctified and there's a lot of fruit in their life and then they come and they really are that example of like man this is an outpouring of what christ has done in my life um so you really have a lot of different people on that spectrum, but the hope is that some of those younger Christians can get around some of these more mature Christians and rub shoulders with them and do life with them and there's discipleship, you know. Right. So Yeah, I think uh, and that's the, and that's the hope. Sorry. No, no, you're Go good. Ahead. That's the I'll hope just... within like uh within like the production and, and worship ministry as well. Like within those volunteers and, and in those, you know, with those group of people you want you want there to be some discipleship in there as well. You know, it's not Absolutely. just about the skill. Absolutely. Yeah. You can have like the, the best front of house mixer in the world mix, but miss the point, you know, of teaching right. the gospel and discipling others. So there's, I think there's a balance, like, right. You want the mix to sound good. You want it to be distraction free to, you know, yeah. not have microphones popping and being um, gained up too hot or whatever, you know, feedback. Yeah. So we, we want to avoid those things, but at the same time, there's a higher purpose, a higher reason um, to become good at those things. Well, and even so, like for us, you know, we have, um, we have like a set of core values, you know, for our worship ministry. And so this is like a document that we've drafted and we give this to everybody. We did this big team night where we sort of went through these, these core values. And um, number three is excellence, not number one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, cool. that's what's important. Number one is truth. You know, like this is what we unify around. And so ultimately, uh, it's one of the things that I pray for every single week when we're gathered as a team before we start rehearsal is, Lord, we don't ask for a perfect service. We ask for a powerful service. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I think, we can, especially as artists and as it's very vulnerable, you know, um, to like put yourself into this. You want it to be great, you know, wired that way as creatives and as technical people um but at the end of the day i think it's so easy to sort of get caught up in like the perfection of it or the the high quality of it and totally miss what the spirit is doing i do it all right. the time yeah. it's still a struggle for me you know yeah. and in my first podcast which was with uh your friend jesse phillips our friend oh yeah we talked a lot about guy. 
this concept of distraction-free worship because I hear that term thrown around a lot, especially in the technical community of like, you know, we, we just want to be distraction-free. And a lot of times what I find is the effort that's put into being distraction-free is distracting. You know, we, <laughs> yeah, sure. we're so, we're so ingrained and we're, we're, our heads are down. We're missing out on the moments of discipleship. Um, and again, it, like you're kind of saying, it's like excellence is important. There's, there's yeah. a level that we do want to, to present something excellent to the Lord. But, um, I think yeah. like, like you're saying, that's really cool that your, your first value is truth because that is where all of this stems from that the truth that's is right. found in God's word. That's right. So, yeah, I, I think you kind of already answered my next question, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask it anyway. Sure. Um, what are some like day to day or in the office, off the stage, practical ways that you as a, a pastoral leader are establishing and teaching worship culture to your staff, your volunteers, and ultimately the congregation? Yeah, so I, I just think convictionally, it's just so important that we keep the word at the center of everything that we do. Um, so, you know, when we're when we're talking as a staff, like uh, when we're choosing songs, you know, I think discernment is a big piece of it too. Um, and just making sure that every song that we're looking at is properly vetted and measured against scripture, you know, like scripture is the, is the, that's the foundation of everything that we do. And that's, you know, everything that we do centers around that. And if, if a song doesn't directly point back to it, or if there's even some words or phrases that like lean poetic, um, you know, it's some of this is subjective, you know, and some of this is more based on conviction. There's not like a right wrong, but we just try to go, hey, if if we sing something that like a good amount of people is just going to raise questions for them or it's not going to totally make sense um, or that they can't find it in the Bible, there might be something that might sound a little confusing, but it's, it's biblical. Right. Um, you know, so I think just keeping the, the word at the center of everything we do and not just when it comes to worship, but just how we relate to each other. So like even just in the staff culture, in the volunteer culture, it's like, hey, if, man, if somebody, you know, if you have something against someone, man, go to them, you know, and, and like work it out and talk about this, like bring stuff out into the light. Let's not harbor bitterness towards each other. And, you know, I say this often to the team is like, if we're going to be dancing, uh, eventually, it's not a matter of if, but when we will step on each other's toes. You know, like it will happen at some point, you know, we're human, we're flawed. Uh, I might say something that offends you and, and I didn't mean to, um, but you know, like that kind of stuff is just going to happen. So just as we move forward, let's make sure that when we go into that platform or that when we're ministering to people, we're not harboring all this bitterness underneath because that is not what God wants us to do. He wants us to be reconciled. So just trying to have that kind of staff culture uh, and then bleed that out into our volunteer team. Uh, and then hopefully that translates uh, into what we're doing on the platform and then, you know, behind the scenes as well. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I think there's a lot of churches out there who like just haven't quite figured out how to develop that culture. And um, not that that's a bad thing. I just think that, you know, we, we have to continue to move forward and learn from one another. And, and it's nobody's... dynamic too. Like it, it changes and it's, and it's hard, you know, it's like, it's a, it's, it's really like a tension to live in rather than a problem to solve right. is what I found is like, we would lead with these principles that we have in scripture. Um, but with every passing day, you know, there's, there's different ebbs and flows and, um, you know, like the needs are different, 
so like this last week, uh, one of our, our, uh, our vocalists, he's a, he's a dad and just a great guy. And he sings with us on the platform every now and then. And, um, his daughter was in a go-kart accident and, and really hurt. Like she got really hurt and she's in the ICU and, um, you know, she's in the hospital. And so it was one of those things where like, as a team, we just wanted to rally around them. We can't go to the hospital cause there's a lot of restrictions and stuff, but it's like, how can we help you? And, um, you know, rather, and I've been in other, I've been in other cultures, um, in different churches that sort of that something like that will happen. And people are kind of like, oh man, that's too bad. Like, yeah, I'm praying for you, yeah. you know? Um, and so it really is like, man, this is the, this is the time when the rubber meets the road. You know, this is when the church is supposed to be the church, not just when we're on the stage, with fancy lights and fog, but like when life really happens to people, who are we? Cause that's really when it matters, you know? Right. Right. That's really good. I, I just want to make it clear as I'm saying some of these things, especially for people who are listening, I'm not trying to point out that everything in the church is wrong or bad. I'm not even necessarily trying to fix it. I just think that we should ask questions. We should evaluate like, Hey, is what I'm doing actually impacting people the way I think it is? And yeah. um, well, and I think to your point, like if we're not intentional about those things, they just won't happen. You know? So I think just some of that stuff takes, an intentionality and just a heart for going, Hey, we want to, we want to, we want to minister. We don't just want to be great and like sing and, and do these things and have awesome, you know, we want to have that stuff. Uh, but church is about people. And so I'm just mm. at this point in my career and I've been on both sides. Like I was on the other side where like people weren't really the important thing, like doing the thing was the important thing. And, uh, and it is important. You know, but church, church ministry is about people and God is about people. And so I think it, we also have to be about people and it's hard and it's not fun sometimes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I hear that. I hear that. So, well, something I'm really passionate about, and this is kind of shifting gears, but it does kind of play off a little bit of what we've been talking about is developing the next generation of worship leaders, the next generation of audio guys, the next generation of pro presenter ops, camera guys, whatever the needs are for the church in the future, whatever, you know, our corporate services look like 20 or 30 years from now. Uh, As a young student, like in middle and high school, I had people who poured into me. And so I think it's really important that the current generation train up the next generation. So yes, what would you recommend for church leaders or worship departments to be doing to include and prepare the next generation in their service planning, execution, all those different things? I think, you know, um, number one is, is kind of what I just mentioned, just an intentionality. Like if it, if we, if we aren't intentional about it, it's not just going to magically happen. So like we have to be intentional about going, Hey, we want to raise up the next generation. So just number one is just looking through that lens and making ourselves available to like have some kind of onboarding process and uh, trying to like be open to identifying people that may not be at the level that we would prefer, but like be open to, Hey, how do we, how do we train people? Like, how can we get some of this going so that the church can be the church? Um, right now I'm in the process at our church of shifting from like a, like a paid player culture to a volunteer culture. So I'm, I'm kind of in an interesting spot where I'm, I'm going, Hey, I, I understand the, the paid thing. And there's, I think there's always going to be some positions that we want to pay. I'm not against that at all. Um, but I am going, I just know for me, 
I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if somebody had seen something in me mm-hmm. um, and, and, and threw me in and like trained me. And I mean, it was worship pastors in, in my past that taught me my first set of guitar chords. You know, like it was, it was men who were just going, Hey, I just want to, I want to multiply here and I want to raise up the next generation that were just intentional about it. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing this at all. Um, I probably always have kind of a passion for it because I believe that the Lord has gifted me in it. Um, and, and he was sovereign to, to, you know, kind of bring those people into my life. But I think more and more, uh, I'm not, I'm not against like popular Christian music right now. Um, so don't hear that. But I think in some ways, I think the trajectory of what music is doing or has done is kind of a disservice to the local church in some ways, because it sort of sets us up to like, you need to be Hillsong or else it's not good. Um, and so I think in some ways, you know, and again, I'm not trying to, to knock that because that's that's literally what I do every week. <laughs> so like I'm playing those right. songs and I'm playing that style and I've got the lights and I've got the fog and I love it. So I'm not like, Hey, get rid of the drums. Cause you know, the devil, no, um, I think all that stuff's great. I think in just some ways, you know, we we've grown up in a culture, uh, where we've watched American Idol and the voice, and we have all these, like these shows and this, it's culturally relevant to be really critical of music at now. And um, we have a million songs in our pocket, you know, and so it's not like you got to go to the radio and wait for your favorite song and record it on a cassette tape like, you know, when I was a kid dating myself a little bit here. But, um, you know, like things are different now. And so the, the standards are really, really high. And so I think if we're not careful, we can, you know, that's why in our core values, excellence is number three, because if we're not careful and we're not intentional, it will be number one. And you get caught in this excellence trap. And then you're not looking at people who potentially want to be involved or somebody that we can train or develop. Um, we're looking at, we, it's got to be great or else what are we doing? Um, and so I think if we're not care, like, I think both can exist. Um, but there almost has to be level of being okay with like a little bit of a dip in quality because we're trying to raise up the next generation um with that with that is there a level of like humility that you have to experience as a worship leader to be able to go hey like i'm still putting my stamp of approval if you will on this this art that we're we're producing that i'm responsible for and i'm willing to kind of take a step back for the sake of the gospel for the sake of discipleship to do this yes and I think that's really kind of a, it's a perspective, you know, it's a perspective shift and it's a, you know, there are churches that are going, no, we want to be like, we want to be the, the worship arm of this movement and we want to get these songs out. And, we, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, like we've talked about recording here and writing some songs here. We want to do that stuff and pursue that. Um, but I just don't, I don't think that's the priority. And so I just try to keep that in front of my team as much as I can. It's like, number one, we're a church, we're a church. Uh, we're, we're not a we're not a worship movement. Um, we're not some songwriting resource house. That stuff's all great, and I think we should do some of that. But again, it's just like, what's the first priority? You know? Yeah. And and I think for us, like obviously, truth is is number one. You know, like glorifying Christ with everything that that we're doing and saying, singing, um, and presenting. Uh, but then too, it's just like 
man, we gotta, we gotta let the church be the church. You know, um, yeah. we want, we want to raise up people, uh, and multiply. Like, I don't want it to just be the Justin Kinsel show or, you know, just kind of pay all these players. And then we go all these years down the road, making some excellent music, but then have developed no one. Um, you know, so I'm sorry to keep going on this. Like, no, this is, that's great. This is, this is a piece of my uh, heart, you know, and, and this is where I'm at. It's kind of in the transition. We're still moving the ball this way. And we've, we've seen a lot of just awesome wins over the last year. And I've been able to bring on a couple people just on our staff team that really share this heart. And so we're together kind of moving this thing. That's really just been great. But um, I think that's really it is just developing other yeah. people. I was talking to Scott Bowman. Um, the director of, of uh, the worship school at Liberty. And um, he was the director of ministry teams when I was at Liberty. And so he's right. always kind of been to me and just a really wise guy. Uh, and so I was asking him, I was like, dude, how are like auditions going these days? Because auditions at Liberty used to be like, man, they have college for a weekend and like thousands of kids come through. You know, maybe not thousands, but they, they, would, they would audition hundreds of kids over the course of of two or three days and he's like man it's just totally changed he's like churches just aren't putting out the same caliber of of people anymore um and i think what's happened is just that perspective shift where it's like we have to be awesome we have to be elevation we have to be hillsong we have to meet that standard or else people don't want to come here and so instead of like developing and raising up people it's like hey if you're already awesome we'll take you otherwise you know sorry and so churches aren't in the business of like raising up and, and sending out. And I think that that's a miss. Yeah. And I think if you're someone listening to this, like I think there could be like an element of, I don't think Justin and you can correct me if I'm wrong is trying to bash like, Hey, if you're producing music, like there is, that is a good thing. Like yes. write your own songs, but like there is a focus on just pursuing gospel truth with mm-hmm. the people that are right in front of you. Because yeah, it's almost a right call there. to like, that's right. It's like, it's almost a call to just in, in your efforts of making excellent music and recording and writing songs, and like doing all these awesome things, just in those efforts, don't forget, right? you know, that, that the church needs to be the church. And so it's like, how can we marry all that stuff together in a really Christ honoring way, you know? Yeah, that's a good challenge. I think that's a great challenge. But. Last question for me, and then if you have anything you want to add, you're totally sure. welcome. Uh, you know, I tend to land on the production side of things more often. Um, I mean, I've done the whole worship leader thing, um, yeah. but recently in the past few years, I've been behind the audio console or managing productions for churches or at Liberty. And what I've noticed, and this may not be true everywhere, but what I've noticed is that it's easy for worship team members on the stage to kind of connect and identify with what the leadership is doing, whether it's the senior pastor or the worship leader, um, you know, whether it's, you know, behind the stage praying beforehand or um, just the preparation of songs throughout the week. I find it a little harder for production teams to kind of see the vision and to understand their role within worship ministry. Because in a lot of places, it's production ministry and then worship ministry when the two are really hand in hand. And so I've just been thinking about, and I've asked this question to a few people, what kind of resources, a book study? Obviously, the Bible has a lot of wealth of information on what (laughs) worship is, um, but just like practical resources for like a production team leader to kind of get his hands on or her hands on to help disciple that team to worship. Yeah. You know, 
this one this one's tough for me because um, I'm a I'm in seminary, so I'm kind of like like a theology nerd, you know, like these days. Yeah. And so it's like I'm 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 doing my job here, uh, leading worship, being a pastor, lead this team, uh, and then I go home and I've got wife and four kids, and then I am in seminary, and then I just don't do anything else. And so <laughs> I get it. I so get it. In terms of resources, this will be a little heady. Uh, people probably but it's um my my suggestion is like rc scrolls the holiness of god so it's not a practical like production kind of you know book but i i recommend it only because you know just as as worship leaders as production people um you know we're really not built to receive glory and you know, in these roles, uh, you know, probably more so with the people on the stage, you know, but like, even so, like in, in leadership roles in production, like, man, that sounded awesome. And like that mix was killer. You know, like we, we get those, we get those compliments every now and then. And, um, they're not bad. Like, I think it's people affirming our gift and, and that's great. Um, but I think also in that it's just another, it's another version of like, Hey, let's do the, let's do these things, but just not forget you know, the truth of, of this. And so let's, let's have awesome mixes and let's pour ourselves into doing these things well. And then let's also remember our place in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the holiness of God. Um, he is the, he's the, he's the hero. So he's the main character of everything that we're doing. Right. And so I think if we keep that in the forefront of our minds, um, then practically when we're doing production work and we're doing worship stuff and we're, we're, we're pulling all this stuff together, you know, if that's sort of our lens, the holiness of God, um, any glory that we receive or any, any adoration or praise or, or compliments that we get, we can like, we can look at that properly rather than go, Hey, I am pretty great. Cause ultimately, and I think one of the things that this book sort of highlights is because we're wired, not we're, we're not wired to receive glory. Like we're not supposed to, you know, God alone is to receive all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. Um, it'll lead to either like pride and kind of like a puffed up sort of like, yeah, actually I am pretty great. Or it'll lead to like depression and anxiety because we know that these things that people say about us like aren't really true and we can't live up to this, you know, this image of us that we've created. Um, and so I think that's, that's kind of, you know, so again, that's not like a really practical. <laughs> uh, there's resource. a lot of, there's a lot of practical resources out there, right? I mean, whether it's YouTube, there's a online resource called MXU for production guys. There's Philo. Yeah. There's, there's all these different like things and conferences where guys can get the practical stuff. And so, I mean, that's great, but yeah, I, that's actually kind of what I was looking for. It was a book that wasn't okay. necessarily like, Hey, here's how to do production in a church. Okay. Cause that's not, that's cookie cutter. That doesn't really exist anyway. So like, sure. How can you inform your heart to be a better leader while doing yeah. production in a church? And I think that's an awesome resource. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, there was this story, you know, of a guy, uh, his name was Johnny. He was on sounds of Liberty with my wife and he was the bass player and, uh, Scott, the same mentor, he was asking the team, like, how do you get, you know, he's sort of like rapid fire question. You guys sing this song a hundred times. So like, how, how do you worship God every single time that you do this? You know? And he's like, Johnny, like, 
you can't raise your hands. You're playing bass and you're firing tracks. So like, how, how are you able to, to worship God? And, um, you know, like he, he responded with basically saying like, this is my act of worship is I come in here and I'm, I'm prepared. Um, and I, you know, we talk about the distraction-free environment, but he was sort of saying, like, this is an act of worship for me, is to come in and, and I'm prepared. I play these things right. I fire the tracks on time when they're supposed to be fired. I, I work with the band to make sure that this is all happening, and I play this instrument as best I can to the glory of God. And so I think how that translates, not just to band members, um, but to people who aren't singing like anyone behind the scenes, like stage managers and, and people at the audio desk and, um, you know, people who are on comm or, you know, people at, at you know, who are running uh, cameras, like all of it. It's like, you can do these things to the glory of God by, by coming in and being prepared, having, having Christ as the center of what you're doing um, and keeping that in front of yourself instead of like a, I have to do it right because if I don't, you know, whatever, what, you know, all right. of these things. I think if we can go, hey, I'm going to do this the best I can to the glory of God. And then the spirit is the one that does the work. I think that's one of the great things for me as a worship pastor is going, I can show up and that's all I got to do. I just got to show up and just be faithful. And and the spirit does the work. I don't minister to anybody. I just show up. And it's the spirit that, that bears the fruit. So I'm kind of off the hook, you know? And so I think today it's, you know, without that view of the Holy Spirit, that he does the work and that it's really for the glory of God. It's one of those things that uh, we can just get it twisted. And it's really to our detriment when we get it twisted. So that's why I recommend that book. You know, if we can, if we yeah. can have the Holy God kind of focus and in view, uh, it's really helpful. Well, if you're listening to this, we've talked about a lot. So if, if I was going to summarize it, I would say two things. One, be good at your craft. Do learn the practical things. Learn how to mix well. Learn how to use ProPresenter. Learn how to play the bass guitar well. But yes. also make sure that you're being a like a disciple of Christ. Whether it's um, you know getting in God's Word, being informed by um, a podcast, <laughs> being informed yeah. by other believers. Like we need that type of community to drive us towards worshiping Jesus. So we we need both of those things. That's right. That's right. Well, Justin, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time for this. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to see you again. You know, it's been a Absolutely. while. Absolutely. October, I think. Yeah. With the concert. So, great. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for listening to this episode. Join me next time on the Purpose Driven Production Podcast. For more resources, visit PurposeDrivenProduction.com.